Doc Bruce Banner, <laughs> belted by Gamma Rays, turned into the Hulk. Ain't it unglamorous? Well, that was the worst thing I've done in my life. So yes, welcome to the Thor episode of uh, the Road, Road to, to Infinity, Infinity War. I, I I'm getting more into that with every passing episode. I am slowly regretting naming this entire spin-off series that. It's got a nice whole ring to it, you know. You know what I mean? You know what? I've, as opposed to a nice uh, gem to it. <laughs> nice gem. Oh, yeah. It doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I regretted it as soon as I said it. I mean, like, the thing is, if you want to do any, like, gauntlet references, this should, this should have been called finger-banging to, <laughs> to the Infinity War. But, yes, this is, the of course... The fist-shaking. The fist-shaking. The fisting. The fisting to the Infinity War. Okay. Oh, man. Slowly rising. We're going full yeah. gauntlet here. <laughs> this is uh, a spin-off show from us, your uh, co-host of The Last King Podcast. I'm falling apart already. Yeah. This is uh, episode three where we talk about the Thor trilogy. Uh, please do check out the our trilogy, other trilogy, is it? The trilogy? Uh, yes. The recap is... Is basically we have talked about Iron Man and Captain America. We've done two episodes already. Yeah. One yeah. episode one all about the Tony Starks. Uh, episode two all about the Steve Rogers. Yeah. And here we have the Thors. The Thors, <laughs> the Thors yeah. And then the Thor Thor Odinson. Odinson. with a sure. special guest spot by Mister, sorry, Doctor Bruce Doctor, Banner. Yes, and he of didn't course, go to high school for nothing. No, no, he didn't get his PhD for nothing, sirs. Exactly. No, he's got seven according to himself in the, the Thor movie. Yeah, and how many does Stark have apparently? I don't care. I don't know. Maybe self-made millionaire. Yeah. He never finished college. Billionaire, please. B- college billionaire. You know. Yeah. So yes, uh, this is of course uh, the Road to Infinity War by the Last King Podcast, our spin-off series, uh, episode three. I am of course a uh, very very uh, Norwegian Doctor Shepherd, I guess. I don't know. I can't think of anything to tie in to. Uh, I am the god of uh, unmelodious chanting, uh, eccentric Tom. And this is Grey Hulk, Mister Toffee. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go on mops to you. Hey. Of course you go. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Fix It. You know what? That's the thing. Like, Greyhawk is basically... Like, because they ran out of green paint for the comic Yeah, books. yeah, they so did. Greyhawks kind of existed. For and the, the funny Jesus thing Christ. is, they actually brought back Greyhawk in the 90s and then turned him into a mobster who breaks people's legs in Las Vegas there for some reason. was Red Hulk, Yellow Hulk. Hulk has gone No, no, red, just red, yeah. No, it's Yellow Hulk. Uh, I don't quite remember the yellow one. I also don't remember too. But the thing, the thing is, like, there's a lot of. I mean, there was even a purple Hulk at one point in time. Oh, that's fabulous! This, <laughs> fabulous! Yeah. Fabulous! And she smashes <laughs> that ass. So, okay, we're gonna be talking about the Thor trilogy in the episode three of the Road to Infinity War. Um, three movies that. Okay, you know what? We're gonna go right into it. Universally described as the worst trilogies out of all the MCU. I completely agree. Even though there is a special place in my heart for the first one, because Kenneth Branagh, because English, kinda, but also because I am the classic kind of uh, swords and sandals kind of nerd. Uh, you know, on my first episode of Last King podcast, I said that my favorite film is Return of the King, and so anything which even makes me think about, like you know big clashing armies and you know that kind of sword fighting stuff gets me really rock hard so um <laughs> Hulk rock hard apparently there yeah. you go then you probably enjoy Thor 1 and 2 because that's a Thor quite a two, bit of that I enjoyed some parts but then it was also just not a great movie with a lot of plot holes and a really weak ass um, uh, setup. yeah and villain I'm oh so yeah yeah I don't. I forgot who the hell the villain was until I had to look it up Malekith. in the comics Malekith yeah 
and chaos. But I will say this, like, chaos you know what? Something, yeah. The thing is, the true uh, person to actually kind of, you know, s- <clears throat> the one star we got out of all of this yep. was Tom Hiddleston, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. the thing is, if you see him in the very first Thor movie and he's very subdued and in the background playing like the scheming villainous younger brother who does not reveal his true intentions until plot requires to. Yeah. Because it's very strange for me to see like maybe the first Thor movie and then you see like Chris Hemsworth is like shouting at fucking Anthony Hopkins hemming the fuck up oh, for yeah. like all these movies. He was genuinely enjoying himself for Which, a while. And it's weird because when you see the third Thor movie and then he just subdues and like goes down yep, yep. Because the other direction. Well, he's he's because he gets he's more of a background yeah. uh, role. Also because he's kind of ill and not very Possibly, well. possibly. I Ill mean, he, from Transformers last he's night, maybe? 87. He, as well, as like, well. Yes, you yeah. know, he is probably one of the few guys who remembers when Stan Lee was a kid. <laughs> yes. You have yes. to think about it that way. But I would say this, right? Okay, so the first Thor movie directed by Mr. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Very unusual choice in directors. But then again, we also mentioned on the previous episode of The Road to Infinity. This was War, the experimentation phase one. This was, was definitely experimentation phase one because first Iron Man, John Favreau, okay, indie filmmaker, let's see what he can do. Oh, it's a hit? Sure. Roll with that. Then we had Captain America. Let's get classic 80s uh, film like director Joe Johnston. Joe, Joe Johnston, who like, you know, pulled no punches, literally. Blood in a Marvel movie. We haven't seen one since. And then Kenneth Branagh? I like, guess because, you know, this was the first one where they were really trying to push the weird a little bit because go to America, Super Soldier, we've seen Super Soldiers before. Yeah. Uh, Tony Stark, he's just a Batman with a slightly better imagination. Or a tech <laughs> department. What, what, what the, great, the great technology rather than just literally inheriting uh, daddy's fortune. So, like, instead of building a better Batmobile, can you put the Batmobile on me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like basically just like the combination of Batman vs. Superman, but just at the very beginning. Yeah, there this you go. This would solve so many issues. But I would say uh, this also. But yeah. the thing is, with Thor, is that this is a god and is dealing with kind of elements of magic. So, of course, they're going to go with someone who could add a kind of. Shakespearean flair to it. But they didn't. Okay, that's the conceit about the first Thor movie because it was originally designed to introduce the more supernatural elements of the Marvel Universe because at this point in time, because people are now kind of used to the fact that Doctor Strange and Vision are like floating around in the upcoming movie. And Scarlet Witch is totally believable. Because like, she's not a mutant. How is she doing all that? Magic. She's a, I don't know what the term they use. I think like a, Gifted, I think, is the They can't use metahuman either because metahuman is DC. Magic yeah. from the cosmic cube. Sure, whatever. And yeah, and her yeah. brother, he's just really, really fast. Okay, yeah. but I would Not say fast enough, though. Hey! hey. There you go. But anyway, uh, first Thor movie. So, I remember when this was announced and then, like, you know, Chris Hemsworth is going to play Thor. Like, okay. I have no idea who that is because he wasn't Chris Hemsworth. He was a known name. He was actually. a definitely. No one knew him before the films. I would say that. Which is also is, why his contract's the worst. And here's the thing. The moment that the Thor movie did come out, like, I saw him in Cabin in the Woods and I thought, this kid is going to be a superstar. Mm. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, he's in the Thor movie? And, like, I didn't put two and two together. So, I actually saw Cabin in the Woods before I saw Thor. Oh, wow. So, when I saw him in Thor, it's like, huh. Like, why is this guy so, like... Because the thing is, I thought it was an American guy. Yeah. And, like, oh, he's got a very strange... Is that supposed to be his, like, uh, mythical accent? And then I discovered he's from Australia. And then yeah. I realized... Oh, he's part of that wave of like, look at all these amazing Australian actors coming in and just like... Like the new wave mm-hmm. of like, un- 
unbearably talented ones. And even mm. worse, he brought a brother in case you can't afford him. There's another <laughs> one as well. There's a third Hemsworth. Wait, there yeah. are three Hemsworth. There's three yeah. Hemsworth. They're like Baldwins. You don't realize there's another brother. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like you have him. And then you have Kenneth Branagh. And the thing is, the original first Thor movie was designed to be very Shakespearean because Kenneth Branagh, yeah. yep. he was trying to convince everybody, like, this is my version of Hamlet to King Lear. And like, sure. And you can tell because... The way the characters interact with each other in the first movie, especially, and the way they're blocked, and the way they're positioned, it's very much like a stage play. Exactly. Yeah. And then you'll see something like uh, when fucking Anthony Hopkins is just chewing out his sons. Yeah. And it's like, you can tell, like, stage direction left, stage direction right. But then, of course, like, you know, you have scenes of, like, freaking <laughs> Loki, like, oh, but I should be king. And then Anthony Hopkins, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, because a rabbit dog for a second. Like, because, because he's acting, apparently. That's what he does. And, man, I would say this also. Um, Thor, to me, felt like this is them trying to do a Lord of the Rings for some reason, which I kind of totally agree with you. Yeah, and the main problem is that you can tell that they shot the beginning parts early on because that's mm. where you have the big uh, sci-fi scenes. Like the money CGI, yeah. Yeah, especially like the big fight between the Frost Giants and the As- Asgardians was <laughs> pretty like that was, cool. that was cashing. That was, that was good. Yeah, that was like equivalence to the opening of Fellowship of the Ring. Maybe we also should bring up the point that we have to kind of always mention these guys as Asgardians. <laughs> Asgardians. Asgardians. Okay, yeah. they're technically called the Aesir, so, you know. Sure. Fuck that. Because like, yeah, you know, <laughs> rear end it. Anyway. Yeah, gods. Um, but then I think at some point I went, ooh, um, yeah, money getting a little tight. So let's go to New Mexico. And have our big fights there. And go sit in this town right here. Because you know why? It worked in Masters of the Universe. (laughs) (laughs) Because literally, this movie and the second movie is like watching... This is like the He-Man sequel we never got. You know? Because in in essence, it's like... You look at all these amazing worlds with all these amazing effects and all this color. And that whole fish out of water story. And then like, okay, we got to scale it back a bit. We're going to go to New Mexico and he fights one thing. Like, what? But then again, I would say this like... It wasn't a bad fight scene. It's just, you know, it felt kind of small because... You know, normally when you have these kind of money shots where you have the big bad uh, thing destroying things, it's set in New York or Chicago. Yeah, destroy or LA. armor, they look pretty cool. Yeah. yeah destroy armor looks fantastic. Yeah. But shooting up the mom and pop store in middle fucking nowhere, <laughs> outside of uh, Nowheresville, yeah. New Mexico. There you go. And of course, um, what do you think took away more budget? Special effects or Nelly Portman's? Both. <laughs> Because this is Natalie Portman fresh off of Black Swan. There you go. Okay, yeah. So this is Academy, Academy Award, Award winner Natalie Portman. Cashing in on Saturday at Marvel movie. It's like a one-two punch. I think she signed on because, you know, Marvel checks and also because I think she wants to work with Kenneth Branagh. Unfortunately, for this one. Yeah. So, yeah. Because the thing is, right, this movie to me reeks a lot of studio interference because I think Kenneth Branagh had something in mind. But then there was definitely a lot of reigning in. And there's a lot of, like, uh, by the way, we need an action sequence right now. Like, oh, but I need to develop this brother thing. Like, no, 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 no. We have to fight something now. Yeah, and... I mean, didn't Kenneth do his research? He knows it's a comic book film, so he has to actually put in some, you know... He knows what he has to put in anyway, halfway through. Yeah, but he researched like the greater works of, of like Shakespeare. Like, and I guess he probably also read some of the uh, classic um, sagas. 
Maybe. Mm, maybe. Maybe? I don't know. Because the thing is, right, for me, Thor is one of the few characters where it's very hard for me to recommend a book series. Because none of them are particularly interesting or what? Well, the thing is that you have to also understand that Thor is very akin to what DC did with Alice in Wonderland and Batman. <laughs> okay. It's basically, here are some royalty-free characters that we're just going to assimilate into our greater lore. I see. It yeah. got a bit more memorable when they had uh, Walt Simonson doing the writing and everything. I agree. Right? But also crazy. Yeah. No, the thing is, like, once, once the 60s and the 70s happened and then like the guys at Marvel started doing all the good drugs... <laughs> and then, like when Jack Kirby was really exploring the astral plane, like but the thing is he wasn't a drug hit. I know for Jack Kirby, like the guy gave us some of the most amazing uh, Doctor Strange yeah. visuals. And, and like, if you watch the Doctor Strange movie, that's all based on Jack Kirby's imagination. Yeah, yeah. Not stimulated by anything whatsoever because this that is we the, know of that we know of or that was confirmed by us. Maybe Stanley was just like slipping things into his drink. <laughs> Maybe, but Maybe. No, his thing is right. Stanley's job was basically telling Jack Kirby where to put word balloons so that he could write his dialogue. So Stanley was the writer and Jack Kirby was the artist. Yeah, they're the mo- they're the Romulus and Remus of Marvel mm. to me because the thing yeah. is right. You can also say the same thing about Steve Ditko because Steve Ditko did for modern superhero movies because he is the true father of Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And the thing is like, yeah, that is what everybody wanted back then. Whereas Jack Kirby is the first dynamic artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the thing is, for me, I felt like if you were to look at classic uh, Golden Age comic books, especially like, say, DC. Yep. DC were very well known for creating very memorable looking silhouettes. Like if you looked at Batman in silhouette or Superman in silhouette, they were all basically muscle men with the cape. Yeah. But then the thing is, if you were to just boil down them to their emblematic elements, like, you know, the, the pointy ears for Batman or maybe even the S on the chest for Superman, it's like, okay, yeah. that looks kind of, you know, uh, it's a step up. But the way they are posed and the way they do their action, it's like they're just standing there with like, you know, hands on hips, basically like, haha, I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a circus strong man. And then you have Jack Kirby, and he is the father of like, you know, adding foreshortening to artwork, yeah. where the characters are looking right at you. Mm-hmm. Like oh. if you were to look at the first Avengers comic book, where Captain America is literally charging towards you from the page, and all these characters are just dynamically like, you know, attacking you, the audience. Like to me, like Jack Kirby is the father of all comic book art because like you see his action sequences. Uh-huh. It's like you'll see something like Superman where he throws a punch or Batman throw a punch, and you just see like fist connect to to chin. Yeah, and it's yeah. like okay, cool. He 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 kind of hit this guy, and then like to me, Jack Kirby is like probably the first guy to like. No, you don't see that. You see the after. You see the swing in full effect, and you see the guy flying into yeah. the stratosphere. So it's like oh, you're not showing the impact. You're showing the power. So it's like. I mean, I can do an entire episode about the, how amazing Jack Kirby is as an artist and how influential he is. We'll do this, I think, maybe after. Probably, you know, like you know, a, a nice Jack Kirby anniversary episode definitely. So this you. leads back to Thor because of how expressive he I would say that, yeah. because the thing is, like, when you, when you think of a character like Thor, especially when it comes to North mythology and, like, the gods and the magic and everything, like, the first thing that popped into my mind when I was walking into the cinema, when I was watching this, I was like, how are they? How are they gonna pull off the Rainbow Bridge as goofy as that sounds? Yeah, yeah. Or even uh, the helmet as well. Like, uh, is he gonna wear the helmet? Uh, guess nope. not. <laughs> nope. not. He didn't wear the helmet, but he did in part three. Mm. You know. Yep, yep. Very yeah. well For like there. one scene. For like one very crucial fight scene with yeah. the incredible the champion. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, one thing which this is from a non-comics perspective, but my limited knowledge 
of Norse mythology is that there's a lot of some badass heavy metal nonsense which goes on in Norse mythology. There you go. And they really missed a treat on dealing with some of that. Like, do you know there's a um, there's a story where Loki tricks some dwarves into giving him gold, so they tie him up and cut out his tongue and just leave him there. They tie up and cut off Loki's tongue. Yeah, mm. it grows back. Of course, because he's a god. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, technically not. But getting cut off, I mean, gods do feel pain, right? Don't they? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. like he was angry. Then he tried to kill him afterwards. But Odin had to go rescue him, and was not very happy. You're a fan of North mythology. North mythology is pretty cool because they're the ones that truly just. They're the ones who admit that uh, the gods are vain and just full of anger. So we might as well just join in. You know what I think is the perfect representation of that? Yeah. Sorry to tangent. Eric the Viking, directed by Terry Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That is the best version of the Norse gods ever. Because the thing is, when Eric the Viking... Because the whole... You know what? Eric the Viking is probably the kind of movie I need to show people nowadays because it has a flat earth... <laughs> moment in it where basically we need to get on a boat and we need to travel to Valhalla or Asgard or whatever. Yeah. And then like, sure. And then they actually literally reach the edge of the earth and fall off it. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is a scene where they actually enter the halls of Valhalla and they meet the North Scots and they're all children. <laughs> and then like uh, Eric the Viking is like looking around. Like, I'm sorry I'm spoiling a movie that nobody's seen from the 80s starring fucking <laughs> er- uh, Tim Robbins yeah. directed by Terry Jones of the Monty Python fame who is mm. also in the movie. But it's like, there's this amazing scene in the banquet hall. It's like, the, the gods, they're just children. Like, yeah, doesn't that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> it does, it does. <laughs> so when you look at the things that make him angry and, you know, shit that happens, like, yeah, it makes perfect sense because they're just fucking immature. Yes. And it also, they show it a little bit, I guess, in this, in this movie. But because I think they're more concerned with, like, you know, tying up comic book shit rather than actually exploring this character. There you go. That kind of hamstrung it a little bit. But I would say also, to an extent, like, the first Thor movie especially was a movie that had no idea what its identity was. Yeah. It was, I, it said, oh, we want to be like this, uh, you know, Swords and Sandals thing. We wanted to be high fantasy. No, we wanted to be grounded. No, we wanted to be a romantic comedy fish out of water. No, it's we It's like want- half of each. Yeah. And it not even, feels, not yeah. even half. It's like a fifth of each of these elements. I don't know, but like even Kenneth Branagh did not disown any part of this movie, right? No, well, also he gave us Murder on the Orient Express, so you know I'm not gonna say that he's you know the epitome of excellent directorial choices. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yeah, here you go. Yeah, go check he out also made a five-hour Hamlet movie. He made a Frankenstein modern version where he and Robert De Niro wrestle half naked in slime, and that was it. I seen too. Oh my god, that's quite <laughs> a while back, dude. No, I mean he's a f- fine actor and I excellent agree. voiceover. Yes, yes. There's a certain. I mean, props to like going back for the French and Dunkirk, sir. Yeah, <laughs> but I would say also this about uh, choice. Like choosing Caleb Branagh to me felt the least. I would say, rele- I wouldn't even want to say relevant. I would just say, nah, it didn't work at all. It yeah. could work if it weren't for all those mashup of genres you just mentioned, Tom. Mm. I, yeah. It's definitely that I feel like either he lost interest or maybe there was just a lot of studio interference and then he just tried the best he could. I don't know. Because I was also saying this, right? Thor came out after The Dark Knight, right? Uh, yeah, it was 2009. 2009. And the thing is, right, yeah. the entire movie studio were all like, oh, we need to make serious superhero movies because that made a billion dollars. And then, like, I'm pretty sure somebody over at Marvel was like, hey, you know this really silly movie about Norse gods and magic and flying machines and... Make it down to Earth. Kind of put some serious into it. 
And then like it's very weird to see Tom Hiddleston in the first Thor movie totally against everything he does afterwards. Yeah, because like, he seems like, so like schemy and evil and manipulative. Because and he's supposed to be some sort of tragic Shakespearean figure that you feel sorry for. Yeah, and it it was fine, but it didn't quite work. And then he goes full bloom in Avengers. And that was when we are like, this is the best villain mm-hmm. we've seen in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, because he's so charismatic and actually get the girl's panties all wet throughout the screens. <laughs> oh, that's what, that's what, that's what Tom And some dudes, for. apparently. You oh, know, yeah. I'm pretty sure a lot yeah. of guys will go gay for Tom Hiddleston. Oh, no, <laughs> I, I have female friends. They definitely do love them some Hiddleston. Yeah, there you go. And it's also, you know, why Cumberbatch is the best choice to have added to the DC Universe. Because then you have all of the Sherlock fangirls joining in as well. You're in trouble, right? And mm-hmm. the thing is, like, I'm imagining Sherlock fangirls looking at all their boyfriends or their brothers and like, <laughs> Doctor Strange, what does he do? Is he, is he shirtless? It's <laughs> like, so, imagine Sherlock Holmes, but with magic. Like, ooh. Then you get young Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Amazing film by Steven Spielberg back in the 80s. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but, okay, enough tangents for that. So, the first Thor movie... I think there's not that much to add because it's really not a lot happens in that film. And there's a problem. Kind it's, of forgettable in a way. It sets up a lot it. of things that it doesn't really... Uh, I mean, it ties them off nicely because the thing is, the second movie is basically a repeat of the first movie where they just kind of flip. Like, okay, instead of Ice Giants, now we have Dark Elves because... We need things to tie into the greater Marvel universe. Yeah, instead of Thor going to Earth, now it's Natalie Portman going to Earth. I'm sorry, going to Asgard. 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 There you go. And then, like, the thing is, right, you can see the, I won't even say maturing, but it's like that strange difference between Hiddleston in part one and part two, uh, post-Avengers. Yeah. You're like, oh, hey, look at this movie star, like, you know, slowly being, and it's very strange to see him in the first Avengers movie. Like, most of the time, they put him in this glass box. Yeah. And but he's still yeah. so charismatic, he's out-acting Sam Jackson. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're in the same scene, and he's, like, you know, dominating the presence. Which Cumberbatch will later do in Star Trek. Yeah. And then, also, in Thor Part 2, what do they do with Loki? They Stick put him in a glass box. In another glass box, for some reason. Because hey, they get to do his acting and shit, all that even stuff. Even in Ragnarok, he was in another glass box. He's <laughs> constantly in glass boxes. Yeah. No, no. He was glass in boxes a- cannot get their hands off of Tom Hiddleston. But the, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> the gla- glass boxes are apparently female, I guess. You yeah. <laughs> like, you need to contain him. I need to have to put this inside me. Oh, man. I guess, you know what? The thing is, he could never go buy fish because all the aquariums would just start cracking and leaking. <laughs> but here's the thing about Tom Hiddleston. Like, that wait, was so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> because the thing is, this is, we're talking about Thor movies. It's very hard for me to come up with good Jokes, but in the in the third Thor movie, I'll give you a good joke. There you go, Thor the Dark World. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we go. really hate this film, don't we? I don't hate it. No, it's I don't hate it. I just think it didn't do anything or enough to even it's warrant more any attention. I guess it's more yeah. annoying than anything because again, it had all the ingredients of a fantastic movie. It had a bigger budget. Doing something slightly darker, which maybe they needed. They sort of mellowed in that whole sci-fi yeah, fantasy that thing. That dark elves, too. which is interesting because normally when we think of elves, we think of like Lord of the Rings or Harry yeah. Potter, which is either like these graceful, beautiful things that are the epitome of everything that is good, or tiny little like essentially stand-ins for black people in the 18th century. <laughs> you win there. <laughs> yeah, I did. But now these are all like, like really they're, crazy like they're, also, they're also like kind of like striking looking and smart and you know powerful but evil just pure evil. It's like okay this is interesting for any D&D nerds out there. Like it's the first chance you get to see drow. Yeah, the drows, yes. Pretty much. 
Actually, that's what they called in Norse mythology, the drought. Yeah, yeah. D-R-A-U-G, right? Drought. No, D-R-O-W. I think in mm. in like the actual would be D R O U G. The problem is, yeah, they wasted on a very uncharismatic, uh, uncharismatic villain. And it's Christopher Malekith, yeah. fucking Eccleston. Chris What's, Eccleston. What was wrong, man? The first no modern, direction, no nothing. The first modern Doctor. He resurrected that franchise. He is extremely charismatic when he wants to be, and he just phoned it the fuck in. Yeah. Could tell already. Because of the, the way thing, he like, go through the motions. One of the, the the greatest tells of studio interference is when you can see the actors stop giving a fuck. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because mm. and the thing is, right? I mean, yeah, some guys you can't really rein in. Because sure, Edgar Wright got fired from Ant Man, and we're pretty sure that like, half the movie that felt like Edgar Wright parts stayed in. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, the, the whole train it, scene right. was definitely Edgar Wright. Any scene where somebody is telling a story from the point of view of somebody else. That's pure Edgar Wright. Oh, that Michael Pena is like the best act character. In, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like Edgar Wright made Ti interesting to me. Yeah, mm. and, and then like I will say something like Thor Part One and Thor Part Two are very interchangeable because if you show anybody these two movies, you wouldn't know who the director you is. You, you wouldn't even know what, like you know, where does this take place and who is involved. I mean, do you guys even know the director for Talk Thor: The Dark World? No. There you go. <laughs> Wasn't it? It was meant to be uh, a female director. It's a TV point. director. Oh, that uh, says yeah. that says a lot, actually. Yes, yes. Because there was definitely a lack of ambition in certain scenes. Yes. But you should take that back because you know what? TV directors also did Winter Soldier. No, I'm talking I'm about, about just Thor. Good TV TV uh, <laughs> directors. <laughs> well, maybe this Thor Dark was a good TV director who was also hamstrung by the studio. Who was it? I'm sorry. Ah, uh, well, so anyway, okay, so let's vamp like, a little bit longer while you try. But here's it. the thing: like Thor Part Two. I mean, the the problem with uh, Marvel sequels especially, right, was there's this uh, kind of uh, stigma of after event. Yeah. Because the thing is, starting from like maybe Thor onwards, because the first Iron Man didn't suffer from it because Iron Man 2 existed outside Avengers. Yeah. And then like the first Captain America was fine because yeah. it existed outside Avengers. But then after the events of uh, event, the first Avengers movie... Thought, yeah, it's like it started making less sense. Like, why is there literal portals to other planes opening in London and there's literally no one else involved? And Where's even, Shield? Where is, you know, this yeah. is dark elf energy, I guess. Plot I guess because it, I guess. no one cares about Greenwich. No, but it's like a part because of the ether or something. What, what was the. There's an ether. It was, it was the ether, Part yeah. two, right? The first one was the Tesseract. Part yep. two was the ether. Yeah. So in immediately. The Norse, I guess Guardian. The, As, the Asgardians have. Two infinity stones, mm -hmm. or infinity gems. They don't call gems officially, right? They call uh, stones. Stones. Right? It's called stones. And the tesseract. I don't think. Uh, I've never seen such a smooth and polished cube of a stone before. Yeah. But hey, semantics aside. Um, I mean, seeing Tom Hiddleston grow in the second one, turning into the villain. Mm -hmm. Like watching the first one, you look at him like, oh, look at this very serious professional actor trying not to feel goofy in his outfit. And he's just shining the fuck out in like... Because after Avengers... Yeah. And after all that acclaim and all probably... Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he got a lot of knickers thrown at him during all the premieres. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. And then you see him again in Thor The Dark World and he is enjoying the fuck out of everything. Because yeah, he just yeah. realized how much money and fame he's getting out of this. He yeah. might as well just do it for fun and make it what, what yeah. it's worth, you I, know? It's always a joy when you see an actor suddenly learn to love the role they're in. Because even if maybe everything else is falling apart, they're... Keeping everything together. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, yeah, Alan Taylor was the guy who directed it. What else has he done? Uh, he has done uh, work on TV shows such as Lost, The West Wing, Six Feet Under, Sex in the City. A good director. And, Soprano, and Sopranos. There's, I mean, there's a good 
string of shows. Sopranos. Yeah, it is Sopranos. He actually got a award for outstanding director for a drama series. So it's definitely studio interference. Yeah, you can Seems tell. Seems like it. Because like, like it. to me, the second Thor movie felt like, okay, we have all these assets from the first movie. We need to reuse them because yeah. we spend so much money on all these costumes I feel and all these like side things. Yeah, there was definitely a big issue in phase two of uh, this entire Marvel Cinematic Universe where there they've was already set the path and they have to kind of connect. It's not just that, that it's just that there was definitely where they felt like they had to very definitely say this had to happen, this had to happen, this had to happen. Yeah. I don't care what your vision is, you have to do this, this, and this. Also, at the same time, like... And they kind of, like, uh, let off a little bit post Ultron because that was the first time Marvel got some pushback saying, we don't like this, you need to change something about this. I mean, to me, the Thor part 2 felt more like, uh, this movie came up after Avengers and it feels smaller. Yeah. And then immediately, you, f you can you think to yourself, because then, like, you know, when you see something like Iron Man 3, yeah, which also came out around like. I mean, that, that was also smaller, but it made sense for that, that story was, to be smaller. Yeah, post Avengers. Whereas right. the Dark World has a cataclysmic world-ending event happening, mm. and why is no one else paying attention? There you go, and which is like problem. I like it's also, it's also the problem I have with something like Black Panther. Because well, like again, Black Panther is still fairly contained because yes, it's, it's in the country. It's yeah. still like like the elements of like yes, this is going to change the world, but still within the most landlocked and most you know unknown country in like that world. Like at least it didn't write themselves a corner and say what happens if the ship left for Kanda. Like, you know those you know, ships? Otherwise, like the big thing that happened outside is one car chase in Korea and uh, a robbery in London. Like just a few years ago, there was a bigger car chase in Korea. When mm. you know there were Ultron bots swarming around, so I think maybe like, oh, that's less important. But the thing is, well, the problem I have with the Black Panther movie is that it totally negates everything that happened in Civil War, especially with the idea of registration of the superheroes. Because he's like, all right, but Black Panther is here. How do we? And then remember that scene where like, yeah. okay, you're all under arrest. Oh, your Highness, I'm sorry, diplomatic immunity. Fuck off. And he leaves. <laughs> and he's like, all right, <laughs> we can't arrest him apparently. Yeah. You know, I mean, so you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's always this failure for the Marvel movies, especially, is like, we need to show audience stuff that they will definitely watch and relate to or be familiar with because mm -hmm. template. But also at the same time, like, the main problem I have is um, it loses grand sight of what is supposed to be the bigger picture. And it's like, I'm pretty sure it pays off in Infinity War 10 years later, 10, 20 films later. Yeah. Mm. But there's something very lazy about that to me. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I, I don't know why we're... When uh, you start looking at the threads and remembering, wait, this is a comedy movie? Yeah. Yeah, you will start picking these apart. But I mean, as, like, at, at a glance, or at least first or second viewing, I don't feel these plot points hurt the movie as much no, when they I connect mean, together. I don't, I don't agree with your stance on Black Panther because whilst, yes, it definitely has issues with like leading on from Civil War, I don't think it's as egregious as, for example, The Dark World, which like... Thank you. Yes, The Dark the World. The Avengers might as well have not happened because of all the impact and also that's the one which is even more worrisome about like as if previously dramatic because yeah, yeah, yeah. immediately Rainbow Bridge is fixed uh, Loki's back to his old shit again so it's as if they didn't try to have a natural progression on I mean but the thing is what I wanted to, why I brought this up is because to me Thor the Dark World especially after the events of Avengers yeah. felt like wait are we we took such a big step forward with the first Avengers and movie. Then why are you going back? And then why are we going back? And it's like back. every other character in every other movie, even Ant-Man, is like, okay, we're not going to reference that, but here's a self-contained story about another hero. Sure. And then like, but 
aren't we all supposed to be focused on the bigger picture as well? And then when you show me something like Doctor Strange, and it's like, oh, here's Doctor Strange in his self-contained story. Here's the template. It's basically Iron Man with a different bunch of characters. But hey, and there's an visuals. infinity stone in this story. So yeah. we have to look at this for a second because the Eye of Agamemnon is going to be a thing. That's how they have to tie it up. To yeah. Like yeah, and then like, the thing is like, in. you have Dormammu, one of the greatest Marvel villains of all time, reduced to just CGI in the sky. I mean, that was... That was maybe not the best way to like not the best first choice for a villain but again like, that makes sense for self-contained because mm. how the hell are you going to introduce um, people like S.H.I.E.L.D. to it because like there's something happening over there but it's behind like a magic barrier like well what are we meant to do now yeah it's not like S.H.I.E.L.D. can deal with magic they're better at doing the tech yeah. stuff and like you know Wakanda okay you, there's always ways to explain right? you can't explain away Dark World it's like there is no reason why Iron Man won't pop in and say, "What the fuck is going on? Why are there holes in the sky?" Yeah, and then there's even even weirder is because basically, like Jane basically says to Thor, "Like, where have you been? Didn't you see the first the movie before this where I was in New York?" Also, she got <laughs> moved to a facility by Shield. Like that was a plot point in Avengers. Like they're saying she's safe. We've moved her to this facility. She's got her PhD stuff going on. It's fine. And then that gets forgotten, so they can have. And they kind the of brought it up. The scene with Chris O'Dowd? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, it was a funny scene, but why was it in a Thor movie? Because the thing is, right, all that heartbreak has convinced him to be an astronaut so that he could star in the Cloverfield Project. I can't top Thor. I'm going to go to space. Did you just space. say Thor? Thor, Thor. <laughs> oh, that's how it's it. Oh, I can't, I can't top Thor. I better go to space now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my arm's gone. <laughs> Shout out to the last episode. So there you go. That's the first two Thor movies in a nutshell, in general. In a very quick nutshell. So here we go. Ragnarok happened. Well, ah, we review that. before <laughs> we go into Ragnarok, ah, we have to briefly mention another film which tends to get overlooked. This is the Incredible Hulk. Huh? Yeah, it's part of phase one. It is an actual Marvel movie. The Edward Norton Hulk. Yeah, yeah. directed by Louis Leterrier, right? What else has he done? He did Speed, if I yeah. recall. Oh, so he's got like proper pedigree behind him as well. Was and that stuff he did after Speed? Before really did he do Speed Hulk? 2 as well? Did he? Speed 2 was directed by the stunt director. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's why it was nice. famous for. But I would say this about uh, the, the first Incredible Hulk movie. You know what? Probably one of the best Bruce Banners ever because nobody plays tired man suffering from inner demons better than Edward Norton. Yeah, it's pretty true much that, just like, true that. do you remember Tyler Durden? Yeah, do that. Mm-hmm. But when you get angry, you become green. Remember okay. American History Good. X? Yeah, just do that. But yeah. remember when you get angry, you're, you're not racist. <laughs> <laughs> or like, if you do, just growl and then we can just bleep you out. Yeah, but I mean like, and this would be also like, because people always bring up the fact that, oh, look at how Don Cheadle replaced Terrence Stamp. Look at how Mark Ruffalo very casually just replaced Edward Norton. Yeah, yeah it mm-hmm. was a very well done transition between that and Avengers. Do you think Edward Norton is kicking himself right now for not being a part of this? I think yeah. Like, I Maybe that sweet not. Marvel money? He demanded yep. I think a bit too much money and also said some stuff which were probably not very well advised at the time. I mean he <laughs> is very notorious for being very hard to work with. Oh yeah. I think From al- what we've heard. Yeah. I think also the other cast members were saying yeah we want someone chill and you know Mark Ruffalo is you know a good Bruce Banner a good Hulk and also super friendly and chill. Just a really laid back guy. Louis Leterrier also said that he didn't want to work with Edward Norton again after 
the Incredible Hulk film. Oh, was he again. that much of a pain in the ass? Yes, to the director. Oh god. And then like it's very strange for me to see Edward Norton like work with somebody like Wes Anderson, and like he's fine. It's like it's, I think because the thing is he's because Wes those... Anderson's also a dick. So they kind of like it's like two dicks casting each other out. Not really. I mean, like thing is Wes Anderson is more of a dick to Edward Norton. There's like, uh, but <laughs> notwithstanding, uh, the first thing I want to say is like, okay, you know what? For superhero girlfriends, Liv Tyler is the best one. Yeah, you know, I can't argue with that. And I'm like very, I'm, it's, it's very sad to see that she doesn't kind of reprise her role as yeah. Betsy Ross, because the thing is like, uh, um, I know I, I don't want to heart one too much because I need to really focus on like Thor and probably a little bit of the Incredible Hulk here, but man I don't buy the Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo romance at all no that was a very weird and the thing is in the first Avengers movie it was kind of hinted that maybe Hawkeye and Scarlett Johansson had a bit of the history yeah and then they said oh no Hawkeye has a a family he has kids it's like what why (laughs) because we need a scene where Captain America tears a log in half (laughs) (laughs) yeah in front of Tony Stark because sure you know and like that's, that's what I'm saying it's like um to me, the first Iron Man movie had the intention of a director trying to tell a story. Mm. Yeah. And especially the first Captain America movie. The first Thor movie, to me, felt like, okay, this is studio interference happening right now. Thor Part 2 is like, yep, this is definitely studio interference. Absolutely. And then I'm pretty sure it's like, somehow, we need to kind of like, put more money on like this franchise because fans are kind of noticing that these Thor movies are not good at all. Yeah. And then, this is Disney basically saying, you know what's really cool? The 80s and like pink and purple. Make it that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because sure. The real life nostalgia makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> you know what? Any trailer with a Led Zeppelin song, you're going to sell tickets. Oh yeah. yeah. You're <laughs> grabbing my attention if any Led Zeppelin plays anywhere. Yeah. There you go. You can check out our full glory- glorified review of Thor Ragnarok in one of our previous episodes. Oh yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. yeah. I was definitely in love with that movie. I still yeah. like my It was still- fun. It was fun. No, the thing is rewatching all three movies in preparation for this episode. Yeah. God damn. I would just like, I remember watching Thor part one and part two and thinking to myself, yeah, this is a drag. Yeah. This is like work. Whereas Thor part three, like, from the opening line, there I was, the god of thunder, hanging by a chain. It's like, this is such a different tone. This is such a step in the weird direction. They do actually give it more creative director director work, you know, let them go nuts. Yeah, basically, they just went to Taika Waititi and said, go nuts. It's yeah. like, what, really? You sure? You've seen my movies, right? You yeah. know, I- go ahead, man, go ahead. Do I need to? No, 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 just just go ahead, just go ahead. Can I change the trench? Sure, go for it. <laughs> And, I mean, what else can we say than what we haven't already said? It was just such a tonal shift, and it definitely became more like Guardians. More like a well-deserved tonal shift. Because that's the thing. Because when people saw, like, the first Guardians of the Galaxy, this is what we want from the weird Marvel. Yeah. And, like, people were like... I mean, it's like, you know what? That Thor franchise we have, like, remember those first two movies? Do it. Make it like Guardians. Mm -hmm. There you go. Make it like that. You know, colorful in the 80s and, you know... Make Chris Hemsworth like charming and likable, and bring in Jeff Goldblum as and well. And here's the problem: measure. is like yeah. the last time Chris Hemsworth was so-called a leading man in a fluffy blockbuster movie was the Ghostbusters. <laughs> okay. okay, and he that was horrible. Yeah. He wasn't Fuck a you. leading man; he was the secretary. supporting. Secretary. He was compared to the other four female leads. Who else was the leading man? Well, the, yeah, f- I guess the four female leads. No, who is the leading man of that movie? Who is the lead actor? 
Well, it's a female-led movie, so why would they, does it need to be a leading man? No, it, I'm saying, if you had to call somebody a leading man, who would you get? Would, would it be the villain in the basement? Bill Ooh, Murray in his cameo? No, he's not. He's, he's barely a supporting. He's a cameo. It's fucking, he has lines, more than five minutes of screen time, and he is a plot device. All right, fine. You know, and that's the, the thing. is like, when that happened, and then after that, his other leading stint was in uh, Ron Howard's uh, Rush, which is an amazing film. Oh, yeah, a fantastic movie. There was and also then, Black Hat. There you go. Which and, was terrible. And then there was uh, that boat movie. Uh, the whale hunting one, right? Something, the Moby Dick movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, something of sea. Uh, yeah. And that was... That flopped so hard. It did. I watched it and it wasn't terrible. But it wasn't good. No, it wasn't good. It's like there was a lot of lead up to like the big thing happens halfway through the movie and the rest of it is just them in boats going And the thing is like that proves to me one thing Ron Howard as amazing as he is can also be fucking inconsistent Mm -hmm. so I'm very worried about Solo because if they task him to take care of finishing that movie off Well, hey, look Star Wars has a history of having films with a lot of production issues and still delivering like remember that uh, Rogue One. Had Rogue One had issues the, in the yeah. had issues out the wazoo. Like we all thought this was going to be a train wreck. Mm. They fixed it in post. Oh yeah. So you know, like the last trailer was fine, was fun. I still haven't seen the solo trailer. Uh, the latest solo trailer is actually it's a bit better. Like they've got an acoustic guitar opening, which is kind of like oh this is cute and different. Instead of the usual Star Wars. They're not selling it on the John Williams stuff. They're saying this is. They're trying to like say. This is gonna be a fun action romp with cowboys in space. Like, sure, okay. I mean, yeah, cowboys in space. Because I the thing like is, that. when you think of like something like a Han Solo solo movie, Han Solo solo movie, it's like, yeah, it has to be like Smokey and the Bandit in space. Yeah, no, literally. But okay, sorry. Let's go back to Thor and other smugglers. Uh, so, I thought we we're gonna tangent back to uh, Incredible Hulk and how awesome Liv Tyler was. Liv Tyler was amazing, best uh, superhero girlfriend because yeah. you know the thing is compared to Pepper Potts and compared to what uh, Jane does, yeah, she's actually more involved, especially with the like the tra- the emotional transition for like Bruce Banner's and character. also yeah, to unlike, turn Hulk back to Bruce. Unlike yeah. the other leads, she actively understands and tries to help in a compassionate sense rather than being like, "You've changed." Not so, only that, because it's like. Her dad is the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, so like, that, that also helped a lot in Which making her a they more They redid again in Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> oh, her dad's the bad guy. Well, stepdad. Stepdad, sure, because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, I don't know, for some reason that caught me off guard and that was still fun. Yeah. Mm. It's, such a, it's, such a, it's such a bad rap that, you know, Team Roth, uh, I mean, Tim Roth actually ended up... Tim Roth did his fucking it. best. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, right, Tim Roth to me is still the best ape ever. <laughs> as much as people give praise to Andy Serkis, no, no, no. Tim Roth wore makeup. In the Planet of the in Apes. The, in the, in the yeah. shitty Tim, Tim Burton, Burton movie. Yep. And he acted his ass off. Yeah. And like, like That commitment, I, I can not, I appreciate that as much. But in Hulk, I don't know, man. He could have done better. I mean, he turned into CGI abomination. Yeah, and I don't much. know if he was doing the mocap. But you know what? Praise where praise is due. Uh, the, the Incredible Hulk movie gave me the, the Hulk car boxing gloves. Yes. Oh, yeah. Those were and done really like, well. Wow. <laughs> why couldn't they do this in the shitty Hulk movie? Oh, wait. It was shitty. That's why. It because was shitty- Ang Lee wanted to make this emotional movie exploring the sad poetry behind <laughs> what it means to be that. Yeah, Hulk. fuck that. And then have <laughs> comic book transition panels. This is just so because- weird, you know? Yeah, because he was he's an auteur, my man. 
like he wants to do something special which will leave a lasting imprint and I would love to read the modern DVD or Blu-ray box art of the Hulk movie and it's like from the director of Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon and Brokeback Mountain <laughs> Hulk <laughs> and then he went Eric on to Banner. do Life of Pi Life mm. of Pi is not bad actually oh, no. great movie which bankrupted an entire uh, special effects studio because I didn't get to see nobody that nobody got awards and nobody uh. got paid yeah yeah, so yeah. I only heard more about the issue about the people who didn't get paid for the CGI and graphics and stuff. I guess, but I mean, well, what are we talking about? Life of Pi, when yeah. you know, Incredible Hulk has because there's so little to talk about in the Thor movies. Yeah, but hey, we can talk about how fun Ragnarok was and you know how Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum, is really oh, yeah. oh, no, I we're gonna have a whole 10, 15 minutes about Jeff Goldblum, but let's just finish off with Incredible Hulk. Um, it's fun that he says Hulk smash. Yes. Yeah. Hulk. Smash! You think it was Edward Norton who did that? He was right. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, I don't know, there were some cool bits like uh, the fact that he has to listen to his heart rate monitor. And if he's watching everything. And then when they're trying tracked. to walk around New York, and he's like, uh, how do we get Let's take the subway. You want to go into an enclosed space full of people and rush hour traffic? That was a sure good that's a good idea? Fine, we'll take a cab. <laughs> and then it's like the worst cab driver in existence. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a fun scene. Props for actually shoving in the leader at some point, even though it starts off. I mean, it's an old old classic Hulk villain somewhere yeah. in the scenes, yeah. yeah. The scientist got his head kind of big, it was kind of foreshadowing the leader, but nothing came out of that. Wasn't of the leader not. redone in another movie? No, no, it was not. That was the only reference to the leader in that Hulk in movie. Any, wait, I'm thinking about uh, Wait, did the Fantastic Four movie have the leader in it? No, 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 no. no, 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 no some no, other no, big no, hit guy. <laughs> Modok. Modok is probably in the future. Is, is that Modok? No, I don't think no, no, so. No, 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 it's no, like, no. I remember in like the second Fantastic Four movie, there was like some... No, I'm thinking of something. Yeah, like, you are. Eh, whatever. Else. I don't care anymore. Because the thing yeah. is like, leader, yeah. Uh, he's basically like big hit Sinestro who likes to write machines, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the smartest <laughs> dude to build machines and stuff. Yeah, more or less. And mm-hmm. psychic powers too. But hey, throw away villains. he's got a big head. What else yeah, is he going to yeah. use it for? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> but it's also a really good counterplay. You know, like Hulk has his rage. The leader has smart abilities and psychic powers and smart shit. abilities <laughs> no, but that's yeah. the truth because thing intelligence, is, a intelligence. lot of Hulk villains are basically two uh, arch- archetypes you have slightly stronger or just as strong which is like Rhino and Abomination yeah. and all these like so it's, these comic books are going to be nothing but wrestling matches mm-hmm. and then like you no know, the true counter to the Incredible Hulk would be a, a brilliant small frail scientist who would use smarts and technology against him well, everybody knows that the true enemy of the Hulk is like skinny jeans. Yeah. <laughs> it's himself. <laughs> that too. Yeah. I you want know? to find out who is supplying him his purple trousers because, my God, I need trousers like that in my the life. stretch. Yeah. yeah, just stretch yep. no matter how much I eat. Because after like a box of pizza, you just yeah. need, you don't want to unbuckle, right? You just exactly. want to just sit on the couch and just let... Like, because like, let loose, over. let loose. Because unbuckling is admitting defeat. <laughs> 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 I've eaten away my dignity, but I still have my pride. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, are we going to mention anything else about the Hulk? I think that's about it because there was only one movie and we can't say much except that it's all right. Yeah, I mean, it is a superior it, film to the Ang Lee ones. But that's, uh, that's not, really saying, not much. saying much. You're right. You're right. Like, uh, the college humor sketch about the woman trying to get Bruce Banner angry because she wants that Hulk uh, that Hulk, The Hulk boner? Yeah. Is a better movie than Ang Lee's Hulk. <laughs> I agree. I and agree. that ends with him fapping and then her saying, oh, that's not impressive. <laughs> What about you? What's your favorite Hulk movie ever? 
I guess it's Hulk versus Wolverine. That was an animated show back in uh, when Marvel still gave a shit about the uh, animated series. Is that the one where he tears him in half and throws him on two end different mountains? No, that's yeah. not Logan. Oh. oh wait, no, that's also no, no, no. They also, no, they I, also think it, I think it was Deadpool who got torn into half. No, or was uh, it Wolverine, Lady Deathstrike? Wolverine also got uh, torn in half. Yeah, I think Deadpool no got smashed to different pieces. Yeah, so he became a clone. <laughs> and oh my God, the blood in that show for for that cartoon. Really nice. It was a Marvel movie? Yeah, it was, a, it was a Marvel cartoon. Yeah. Okay, when did that come out? 2004, 5? Oh, or really? Six? When people were not noticing so they could be as bloody as violent as possible? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty because much. you do notice now they watch Marvel like animated movies, like, oh, yeah. yeah, they need to pay attention to MCU stuff, huh? Yeah, they have to tone it down for really? that. Yeah. I would say my favorite Hulk movie, hands down, all time is like you know the death of the incredible hulk with bill bixby and lou ferrigno oh, okay, because okay, that okay. was freaking emotional it's basically like such a send-off because yep. it was paying tribute to like a tv show that has been been around for quite a number of years yeah, and the yeah. thing is like this this was a tv movie which brought back and this is like in the 90s yeah so it's like oh, we haven't seen bill bixby or lou ferrigno play these characters in over a decade mm -hmm. and they decided to give them one of the most beautiful send-offs of all time because everybody remembers the Hulk theme, like especially guys of my generation, like the Hulk theme to them is that piano coda, the dum 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 dum, right? Dum 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 dum. And the thing is, like, yeah. like I grew up on that Incredible Hulk, Mr. David Banner. I'm sorry because yeah. reasons. Because he, the, the funny thing is, there was a guy in the U.S. whose name was Bruce Banner, and he felt like, oh, you can't use my name in this show. I'm getting all weird phone calls now uh, because Americans are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. What do you gotta do? But anyway. Um, no, but I like the fact that you know, he's like, you know, the original Kung Fu, The Legend Continues, or the original MacGyver, where he yeah. goes from town to town, solves problems. Yeah. You know, and then like he walks away with that lovely piano music, you know. You know Doing the thumbs up sign. You know, because basically, yeah, it's like, it's basically watching something like The Fugitive. But the guy can turn into a giant green bodybuilder who can smash things. Hey, I'll cool. be honest, that would make uh, The Fugitive even better. If Harrison Ford could Hulk out, yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be I did not kill my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tom Lee Jones goes, I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> and then he shits his pants. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or because he of the Red Hulk. He the abomination and they have a Hulk match in the sewer. Or the Red Hulk, either way. <laughs> or the Red Hulk, you know. Oh, Tom Lee Jones would be a great Red Hulk. No. Not now. <laughs> no. <laughs> he well, was... back in 96 or whenever that he, came out. He was already old and balding then, sir. Yeah. I know, he was old and balding in uh, Batman Forever. That was a terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's never mention that fourth Batman that was, movie. No, no, that was the third Batman movie. Really? Forever is the fourth one? No, Forever, Forever is, is the third, third one. Batman and Robin is the fourth. Batman fourth and Robin is the, the one, one with um, George Clooney. Yeah. Which is even worse. Bad yeah. nipples. Shit. And the bad credit card. Don't forget that. Yeah, and it the badass. Was so, oh, it was yeah. so bad, they all apologized afterwards. Mm -hmm. even, even Joel Schumacher. Yeah, Joel Schumacher said, I'm so sorry. I was trying to do something and I didn't know what I was doing and I can only He was apologize. actually being nice about it. You don't see that in filmmakers nowadays. No, but yeah. the thing is that he had a very... I mean, he had a very honest intention. Why are we talking about Batman? Terrible. <laughs> in a Marvel no, podcast. No, but I, I want to say this, right? Yeah, of course, we're a nerd podcast. We're going to talk about all these kind of shit. Of course. Because like, Joel Schumacher, when he did uh, that Batman movie, he felt like the, the first two ones were... This is just too dark. Kids are not going to enjoy this. Uh, my Batman is 60s Batman. So it was a weird marriage of what Tim Burton left behind yeah. and what he wanted to bring from the 60s TV show. Like Batman Forever was half of that and then Batman and Robin was full on It was full that. on goofy, yeah. which is like, I mean, you can imagine like, Ice to see you. <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! No, that was the line. But how <laughs> fucking memorable are those lines, you know? You yeah. don't remember anything the fuck that happened in part three. Because I didn't watch the movie, I've only seen... Um, you haven't? 
Part three, I remember Chase Meridian for no, all I the remember, wrong reasons. Oh wow, Nicole Kidman in her prime. Smoking, shit, smoking. Uh, you know, here's one thing I do remember about uh, the Batman the third movie. Mm. Pretty good soundtrack. Oh yeah, Seal, mm-hmm. U two, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. The end is the beginning. Is the end? No, is the no, no that was in the fourth. Oh, that's in the fourth, the fourth one, one. which was later reappropriated for the Watchmen yes, movie. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, wait, isn't this? Is this a Batman thing? <laughs> in a Watchmen movie? It's a DC thing, man. It's a DC, DC thing. thing. DC all thing. Because you know Vertigo and all that. Right? You know, so. yeah. So, okay. Why are we talking about DC? This is supposed to be all about Infinity The, the Marvel. War? The Marvel stuff. Okay, so let's talk about Ragnarok finally. God damn it. Well, but we if you want to hear our thoughts about Ragnarok, please listen to The Last King Podcast, yeah. episode number... So, <laughs> Ragnarok and I roll. think the main thing we can talk about here is what did this film do so well that made it better than the predecessors? Which is basically everything that the predecessors didn't do. Yeah, it was basically... It went back to the Walt Simonson style of the Thor stories. Yeah, it, it added colour. Yeah, yeah there it, you go. it added colour, it added vibrancy, people were having more fun, but also it had a greater sense of scale. Yes. I, it actually felt like an epic, which is funny to I think. I totally agree, because the thing is, when you watch the first and the second Thor, like Dark World, to me, they felt like... Like, remember when they you felt saw like very long TV specials? Like, yeah, in a sense, like when you see something like Lord of the Rings and how grand this battle scene is. Yeah. And then you see something like, okay, like off tangent, but like, remember when that Alice in Wonderland dark movie came out and yeah. she had a battle scene too? Yeah, which and it's was just like the most weird thing they inserted. It's so yeah. watered down and like. The thing is, like, if you want to scale it to, like, we survived three Lord of the Rings movies. You can't show us battles on this scale anymore because it just doesn't work. It, it just only works. So if you want a big battle, go big. It has yeah, to go that. proper big. It has to be thousands of bodies. Like exactly. Yeah, the last, the last uh, product that was able to match Lord of the Rings scales of battles was Battle of the Bastards. There you go. Like and that was a TV show. show yeah, not even the budget. Hobbits could match. Like yeah. Battle of Five Armors felt so. Lackluster. Because you should understand, like, The Hobbit, like, Steve, Mr. Jackson didn't give a shit by then. He did try his best to stretch one book into three fucking epic movies. He also gave us, like, a very unnecessary love story between an elf and and a dwarf. dwarf, Sure, because... With Evangeline Lilly, which is the poor woman's left Tyler. I agree. (laughs) Totally. Okay, so, yeah. So, in terms of sense of scale, I mean, like, if you really want to hear our thoughts about Ragnarok Rock and Roll, we love the fuck out of that movie. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. is there anything we could add? Uh, uh, let's well, just uh, let's just fillet Jeff Goldblum a bit more because okay. fuck it, why not? Sure, sure. Jeff yeah. Goldblum is the best thing to happen <laughs> to the Thor franchise. And having Hulk work together with Thor, that's always something that we always like to watch more. Because yeah, they, they were hinting at the Planet Hulk movie, which we'll never get. I they guess. sort of they sort of hinted at that, but at the end, it's just a tease. Because Universal doesn't want to play nice. Mm. They still own the franchise, right? They to some still, extent. They still own it, yeah. And also because Dooku made no money, they're still going to hold on to it. Uh, yeah. But, mm, I mean, Ragnarok Roll, what it did right is just, it was just refreshing enough. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like it had to hold on to any of the trappings of the first movies. And it also was one of the few movies that, just like Guardians, was, we're not going to pay attention to anything that happened in New York or Age of Ultron because... Fuck. Yeah, they very clearly just like separated it in a way which made sense. And also, it's the first time we got a really super compelling villain. Yes, there you go. Hella. Mm. Yeah. because She was fun to watch. Kate Hella Blanch- fun. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hella fun. Kate Blanchett. I'm stealing oh your joke from that episode. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Kate Blanchett is, she is one of the best actors of her generation. I agree. I, another Australian. 
Mm-hmm. That too, yeah, yeah. Facing off against Chris Hemsworth. She so, did play a bad guy, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. she did very well in that movie. I, I and she was cool in uh, Pushing. Was she in Pushing Tin or another movie? I can't remember, man. Yeah. I only remember Kevin Costner was in Pushing Tin. Uh, she was probably the best part of um, Benjamin Button. Okay, okay, that too, that too. Okay, you know what the thing about Benjamin Button? Yeah, not enough buttons. <laughs> anyway, <Yeah>. so Thor. <laughs> I'm kind of holding on that theory that you guys brought up, where if Thanos has to appease death, it could be Hella. All you know. I'm going to claim be... my theory. I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that's your theory. That's why I said your your Thank you. guys' theory. No, it's like like. Uh, oh man, I, because I guess it would be a bit too late stage to introduce Lady Death. It'd be the equivalent of saying, and here comes Mephisto. Why? Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they've done it for every other movie. Hey, this is Ultron, and here, here's Vision. Sure. Okay. But By at the least way, it was a natural progression. As opposed to like the literal devil and then the incarnation of <laughs> death suddenly appears. Like, okay, Marvel, calm down. I know these are royalty yeah. free. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's like, I am Satan, and I am Mephistopheles, and I am Blackheart. Who? Who? Never mind. But yeah. he, I'm one of the brothers, and then like you're doing all this Infinity Crisis shit, and like fucking Thanos is punching like Thor, and then Shuma Goroth appears like this tentacle like Cthulhu monster, and like if they're going to go wait, all what's nuts, that? That's that crazy. Oh, that's yeah. Shuma Goroth. He's a thing. And then at the last minute, uh, Chris Pratt comes down on Devil Dinosaur with that <laughs> Moon Knight just swinging from the brightest gate. There you go. And then Peter Parker shows up. And Miles Morales. And Miles Morales. The other Peter, uh, the other Spider-Man. Played by yeah. Donald Glover. Yeah. Who was also in Homecoming. He was. Yes. Well, like, that was actually, he was a bit disappointing in that one. Was he, he supposed to do again? Nothing. He just sit there and talk to Peter Parker. No. He was he, not, you know what his purpose is? What? Hey, Spider-Man fans who still think there's going to be a Miles Morales movie starring me. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. See? Yeah, yeah. Then he walks away. Like, he walks away because like, I'm still making Atlanta. I'm having fun doing my show. Remember me in The Martian when I was the really, really smart mathematician? Oh, yeah. That, no. that was a good part. Yeah. There you go. I've done the math. I'm not going to be in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And it's like, why do you want me to play a teenager? I'm 40 years old. <laughs> he is old now, yeah. You know, that's the funny thing. Is like a, a lot of times, like I had this conversation with a friend about Ready Player One. Where my friend told me is like, oh, I didn't like Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan doesn't seem nerdy enough. Then like, okay, who'd be perfect nerdy? Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah is forty years old. <laughs> he got, he's he's not a kid anymore. He's not a kid anymore. Man, you know? He's not forty. Like he's in his mid thirties now. No, but like you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah. He, he's not a like a teenager who has time to go online. You know who would have been better if they made uh, Ready Player One five years later? What? One of the Stranger Things kids. Definitely. Oh, that could work. That could work. Any of them. Like Finn Wolfhard, especially. No, because he's this tall, gangly motherfucker. No, I want Justin, because I want the visor and the no teeth. Because every wait I love you, Justin. I'm sorry. No, he's fine. Yeah, he's he's getting more action than any of us. He's got more yeah. money and action than any of us combined. Yeah. Why well, is he gonna be? But say those two uh, lack of teeth can be an advantage. There you go. <laughs> Especially when you fillet people, huh? <laughs> that, yes, that was a joke I was trying to make. Thank you for explaining my joke. There you go. Stepping on jokes and segues here on the Last King Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Spin-off series, Road to Infinity War, Episode 3, where we talk about Thor and a Hulk. Uh-huh. I mean, and a bit of DC in between, for some reason. Because, you know what? The Thor movies, they're not great. But the thing is... Passable also, would be a good word yeah, for it. Passable? Like, there's yeah. no bad Marvel movie. But there are... A fuck of mediocre ones. Yeah, there are a load of mediocre ones. And so, like, Iron Man 2... The both Thor movies, although I kind of like the first one, it's a guilty pleasure of mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Especially that scene when like Thor is holding on to Loki as they're like on the precipice of this abyss, yeah. and yeah. it's like, look how Shakespearean they can go. Uh, I mean, Incredible Hulk to a certain degree was meh. it's big dumb fun. It's I big dumb fun, it's, but it's good still, fun. yeah, compared to the other stuff, like compared to Iron Man, which came out just before, like yeah, this is um compared to the Dark Knight, which is probably still simmering in people's minds. Oh, that's this era. true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people are talking about, oh, what's a good superhero movie? But it's high time we actually did get a decent Hulk film, and I'm happy that these guys published that. Yeah, we yeah. got a really good Hulk movie because he's not the main guy. Mm-hmm. Hulk's not a great lead because there's very little empathy that can happen with an audience. If it's like, okay, it's a very smart guy who's very angry. It's like, okay, sure. Because I think the problem with the Hulk, right, like, unlike something like, uh, maybe Peter Parker who can survive multiple reboots yeah like the Hulk has gone through three reboots right and the thing is when you reboot him people don't remember the last guy yeah, yeah. he's the kind of character who like unfortunately doesn't have a strong enough scriptwriter or a screenplay writer to give him the kind of story that will have the kind of gravitas that would just exceed or push the character and on that flip side you remember Tobey Maguire and you remember Andrew Garfield there you for go. better exactly. or worse yeah. because yeah. the thing is right yeah the actor is only as good as the material he's given. Yeah. And like as much as I enjoy Mark Ruffalo, he is like not forgettable because if you go put him toe to toe against somebody like a super charismatic Robert Downey Jr. and he stands his ground as like, oh, uh, Tony Stark, I'm aware of your work. No, 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 I'm aware of your work, Bruce Banner. Like the, the, you know the field. That was some excellent rapport going yeah, on. Yeah, there you go. Guys. Like you see these two guys nerding out about science, and it's like it was a nice little. Like, it, it was uh, a good. It was a walk moment. date. Yeah, pretty much. And then like even better was when like. Chris Hemsworth. I mean, he's not a terrible actor, but he's, he's, a, he's yeah. a good actor. But you can definitely tell that in the f- his first few movies, there was dangerously little to work on. And people are saying, "Oh, you have to be this regal guy who's like you know very." Which doesn't suit him at all no. because, yeah. like deep down inside, he, there's a bubbling, charismatic personality. Because he's about a goofball. Because he's Australian, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, he's comfortable walking around in these big muscle tees, just like you know, sipping beer. Muscle tees. He's very comfortable walking around without a shirt. God damn, the first time we saw Thor's body in the first Thor movie. Oh, yeah. Every man in the world is like, we haven't felt this guilty since 300. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. I want to make love to that man's pelvis. Like, yeah. Out of principle. Also, like, can I just say, what the fuck? I blame Marvel for all men's body positivity issues in uh, modern day. It used to be Zack Snyder's fault. Now it's yeah. fucking Marvel. Yeah, right because yeah. the worst is with Black Panther, when Michael B. Jordan took his shirt off. Like, He's you got know, bumps on bumps on bumps, sir. Bumps on bumps on bumps. But tears, right? yeah, yeah, ignore the rip for her pleasure moments. <laughs> I that body was like, oh my god, it's like he was literally carved from some kind of obsidian or something. And then, the the king of them all, goddamn Chris Evans in the first Captain America. Oh, oh yeah, when you when see that- like. Canister opened up to show his new it body. Was, when it they was literally, literally like a freshly opened like can of tuna. Yeah. It's like can of, can of beef. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like Haley Atwell's way that she touched. Uh, yeah. Oops. Yeah. Because she was like, oh, so cute. And so like, <gasps> look at all this testosterone walking towards me. And <laughs> it's like everyone else leave right now. Okay. I'm going to. I'm going to something. flood this lab with my. <laughs> right, this with is my woman juice. Bob. <laughs> No, you made okay. it. Why uh, do you? Why do you I, sound I bad when you say it? <laughs> I don't know. Like, we are able to make it almost classy. <laughs> almost classy. That's <laughs> almost classy. That's us. But I will say this. Uh, goddamn Chris Evans. Fuck you. Fuck. Fuck you for reminding us. Like, oh, remember the Greek gods? No. No. We destroyed those statues years ago. No. The worst <laughs> is Chris Pratt because Chris Pratt was us. He was this fat, <laughs> like, sloppy dude, and then he became. And he worked out. Yeah. Cut, Chris. No, and then you know it's even more annoying. It's like fucking Chris Pratt before he decided to become Cut Chris, 
he already had like the hot he wife. He married Anna Faris. He was when with, he was fat. When he was fucking the guy off of Parks and Recreation. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know what? I'm gonna be in this Michael Bay movie where I play a, a marine or a soldier or a sniper. I can't remember which. No, one. you're talking about the Catherine Bigelow movie. Zero Dark oh my bad. Yeah, Catherine Bigelow. Sorry, Michael Bay. Sorry. No, military. Yeah. That's a, one to put two and two together. Okay, fuck. Then you see him on Instagram showing off his six pack. Like fuck you, Chris Pratt. Yeah, and then when there's that. <laughs> When there's that scene in Guzzi Galaxy where he's literally just wet and then just in this red light being cooked by these robots. Like, oh, this is... You could hear the whole cinema ovulating right there. <laughs> yeah. I started ovulating for <laughs> you. <laughs> I suppose grew a uterus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Like Tom is ready to receive. Speaking <laughs> of Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess we can bring that up for another time, right? Oh, man. Or- I'm pretty sure Chris Pratt has to get some Asgard right now because eccentric <laughs> Tom's about to hump him. Well, uh, <laughs> but hey, he's recently single. I'm sure it's a trial for him to walk down the street. No, I think he's fine. Oh, he's absolutely fine. I think he's fine, man. Like, you know what? Fuck you, Chris Pratt. <laughs> hey, uh, one thing which is kind of surprising about Chris Pratt, he's very religious. There's nothing very surprising about Chris Pratt. Yeah. Actually, a pretty nice guy. Huh? He's very lovely. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know if you remember when he did this thing where he did an Instagram post saying, "Oh, you turn your, your sound down, and you need to listen to this." And then almost a day later, he put up saying, "I apologize for anyone who was hard of hearing," mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was it was actually one of the sweetest apologies I've ever read, because he's saying it's something I generally never have to have to think about before. But in a personalized situation you're not allowed to not think about these things. But yeah, the thing is, he's unfortunately in a position where he's going to be scrutinized for everything he yeah. does. Yeah, and then he got lambasted by fuckwit saying, oh, why did you apologize, fucking uh, snowflakes? Let him apologize. Yeah, yeah. yeah. let him do his own thing. Like, if you yeah. think it's an unnecessary apology, keep your mouth shut because he's not apologizing to you. No, here's <laughs> the thing also, Chris Pratt and also the other Chris Evans, whenever they do the hospital runs in full yeah. costume, and you show you see the pictures of yeah. just them in cancer wards of with children. Hey, like, you know what? Damn these guys. The thing are, is, mm-hmm. every single actor who plays an Avenger is a lovely human being. Mm-hmm. So even Tom Holland, like the kids just finished school. He's maybe going to university, but he's still going around dressed as Peter Parker. Cause <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Living the dream. Also, I wonder if he has to put on the voice because his English accent is so gratingly awful. <laughs> Coming from you. <laughs> no, he's got he's got the weird end of South England where it's like it's like like, like, like not quite London oh the James Corden accent yeah I know what you're talking about that that accent he's home counties yeah (laughs) (laughs) Janelle May yeah god that's annoying like a really oh yeah (laughs) he talks like there's a pillow stuck in his throat like um, Jimmy Oliver Jamie Oliver is like 90% spit <laughs> whenever yeah. he says anything. I think that's what he uses. Makes you wonder about the food he cooks. That's all That's all Jamie Oliver seasoning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would anyway, love to have a beer. Like Going back to Thor, I would love to have a beer with Chris Hemsworth. You think? Yeah, just one though because I know he would not drink me. I would like, I don't think, oh, he's Australian. Huh? Yeah. But I think they drink Foster's. They also drink harder shit. Like Foster's is what they give to weakling tourists. They have actual beer that real Australians but drink. But I've drunk with Australians. They can't even handle Tiger. Uh. I'm like, maybe it's my caliber of Australian friends. Yeah. Mm. You need to make better Australian friends. Well, these guys are all from Perth. What, so. what, what's oh, a yeah. hardy <laughs> Australian beer anyway? Uh, you guys know the brands? Uh, well, technically, Archie Pelago was founded by an Australian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, their stuff I is do like that. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let's talk about all the lovely things about Australia. Chris Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth. Not, <laughs> their, not their history of dealing with Aboriginals. 
I mean, hey, same story in America. Yep. And England. White people suck, don't they? Of course. Yeah. yeah. And they're making all these amazing Marvel movies too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God damn you, white man. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much else we can have because, you know, we reviewed Four Ragnarok last year. There you go. That came out last year. Yeah. Think about it. No, not even last year. Six months ago. It was November 2017. There's too many Marvel movies. Officially, they, they, they need a break. They need a 2009 break. I don't Definitely. think so. I don't think there's going to be a break. because there's not, uh, Unless they do a break after Infinity War, but they can't because I mean, you have to, because yeah. well, Ant-Man's coming. After Ant-Man, then what? I mean, Infinity War Part 2, which is called something else. But then they have to do the next Spider-Man. They'll have to do the next Doctor Strange. There's and also be Captain Marvel. Captain, well. well, Captain Marvel's coming out 2019. Oh, shit. Whether yeah. we like it or not. And unfortunately, I heard it's going to be a prequel. It's gonna. It's in the 90s. Uh, it's set before the... It's basically Guardians... Instead of Guardians for the 80s, we do something for the 90s because that will be... I would say this, right? Next year is probably the right time for those 90s kids to age up into the movie-buying audience. Yeah. Mm. And I think... You know what? It's fine because maybe... Um, well, uh, Ronan the Accuser will actually be a compelling villain this time around because he's been brought back. Yeah. And look, he'll be I've wearing a flannel shirt and a guitar because yeah. it's 90s. <laughs> yeah, just, just make sure he does. Like maybe that's uh, why he holds a hammer because he tried to use a shotgun and say, no, 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 no. Something blunt. I mean, I would say this for Roman the Accuser. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure, like, Doc Martens, uh, baggy jeans, you know, unwashed hair. Yep, that was his 90s thing. face. Yeah. <laughs> you know what they need to bring back? Yeah. Superhero mullets. <laughs> That was, that, very, that was a 90s thing. That was a very 90s thing. Yeah, Superman, yeah. mullet, fucking... Even and also Wonder Woman, uh, mom jeans. That was a 90s thing. Oh, God. Oh, no, wait. It still is not as bad as 70s Wonder Woman in her disco pants. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Where they decided uh, to like... Unfortunately, yes. Put her in like this silk white pirate outfit. Like, sure, because disco. Follow out Donna Troy's outfit. The oh, recent uh, one where they tried to redesign her with um, like leather, leather jackets. She looked like a divorced mom at a biker bar. Yeah, that was the 90s uh, Wonder Woman. That was 2000s. That was 90s as well. Was that 90s as well. Because oh. the thing is, like, if you look at all the X-Men comics where even Cyclops and Jean Grey and Rogue still in costume would have the brown bomber jacket on top. Oh, yeah. Like, because, you know, uh, and all of a sudden, like, it was the era of, like, small pockets. Yes. Small yes. pad, like, pouches. All over your costume. Look no further than Cable in the nineties. John oh, Bishop, by Rob Liefeld. Fuck yes. Liefeld, and yeah, yeah and he, he and oh, his, Bishop too, yeah. And his Bishop. inability to draw feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was brought up to me beautifully by some. I can't remember. It was probably a cracked article or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Rob Liefeld can't draw feet or hands. And, like, and he's a guy who actually telling talent what how to draw and stuff. Fuck him. Funny how the world works. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Hey, I would say this. Um, the Marvel movies are coming to a very distinct graduation because that's yeah. what it's been, been hinted it's, at. It is the literal graduation ceremony coming yeah, up right yeah. now. And well, like, well, no, Infinity War is the final exam. Infinity War Party will be the graduation ceremony. I would say this, like, this is probably the... We're going to let go of a lot of people. I really hope that they are brutal and do unscrupulously kill away at least two or three people. At least a memorable death. I'm going to call... Iron Man because he already has the Jesus pose on yeah. the poster. Yeah, no, it's gonna be Iron Man because also the dude's fifty three. Like, let him retire now. Let him do Shane Black. I would rather also uh, Captain America as well because the thing is that right, you need to have the two pillars of the of the this Avengers the team. Found, you, have, you need to have at least two of the founders bite it. Yeah, yeah. and then 
then becomes the question everybody is like so who's going to step up it's going to be Bucky, one of the new ones Bucky I think, Barnes I think Bucky. or it'll be Bucky Sam Wilson or Sam. I, Bu- think, I think Bucky is because Bucky is going to be the next Captain America because Sebastian Stan's a stronger actor than uh, uh, Sam Wilson yeah 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 I agree but, uh, and they're both Captain America's I mean that's not, yeah, so. not knocking Anthony Mackie I mean he's great but I feel like he doesn't have like the authority kind of emanating no I wouldn't even say authority I would just say like they spend so much time on like the Bucky Barnes Winter Soldier story that, the, that it's, has it'll to be, be such a waste yeah, if it, we're like okay now you're a side character it needs that payoff yeah. yeah you know because it'll be very compelling because you have the original Captain America who is like nothing but truth justice and anti-bullying all the way to the final fight yeah. he gets killed off and then you have this guy like the guy who, the Manchurian candidate yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be a great redemption arc for him also because, yeah. uh, side note uh, do you know what he's credited as in this film Which White one? Wolf yeah, oh, yeah, White Wolf. They're going to do that? Yeah, mm. that's what he's uh, credited as in IMDb. Damn. I don't know if I'm going to be... You know what? Then, yeah, I think it would be great for him to be White Wolf because then, fuck it, let let Falcon be the next Captain America. Because, but also then... Because Black Panther. That's also huh? interesting. Like, if they're going to do that, then maybe Shuri's going to become Ironheart. Which I'm fine with. I mean, but then again, like all this, this is the kind of speculation that I hear on a lot of other nerd podcasts. Yeah. And it's in the fact that it's like, yeah, but this, what does it all amount to? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's like just another slew of Marvel movies coming in past yeah. 2020. But they're going to be making these movies until we're dead or it stops making money. I think That's how studios work. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's, you know, it's going to definitely survive long after yeah. we are gone. Oh, yeah. And then it feels like we're going to review these movies just because it's an obligation for our show. I'll still watch them. It's like, you know, I've watched... I mean, there is, there is a minimal amount of quality we can expect. Yeah. It's like, you know, you go in and like, maybe, yes, the same story, it's the same story beats, but you come going, okay, yeah, it wasn't a waste of my two hours. Yeah. I had... It was fun, fun. Yeah. yeah. But then again, movies like Rampage exist. <laughs> but that's where fun you, in a different yeah. way. Like, where you that's fun to turn off your brain switch kind exactly, of way. Exactly, because like, I'm looking forward to the movie where I walk in and like, oh yeah, I need to do my homework first. What movies haven't I seen yet so I don't understand what's going on yet? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like reading installments of a wider, um, like, but it's like reading comic books, like, which is the that's, problem. That's what it is, yeah, yeah. you know. Whereas Rampage is like reading uh, one shots. It's like when you have those really weird friends who do a one shot D and D campaign where they just go fucking mental. Mm-hmm. That's what Rampage is. But this is what I want to say: is like that's the problem with comics in general. Yeah, because it's like that is so hard to penetrate There's because. There's all these eras and ages and artists and arcs and stories. And then, like, the thing is, I remember when, like, Iron Man came out and yeah. everybody looked at me like, hey, you're a comic book guy. Recommend me an, Army- uh, an Iron Man comic. Which one? What, what kind of Iron Man do you like? There's one where he's in a black suit. There's one where he's an alcoholic. There's one where he was a kid. There's one where, <laughs> you know, like, you know, he's dealing with all these kind of things. And then, like, they look at me like, never mind. But, yeah, it's <laughs> also why I... I've tried so hard to get into it. Like I bought the Age of, Age of Ultron um, like uh, compilation the trade run. Uh, it's a trade great paperback. It's a great yeah. run. But there's so many references to people I don't fucking know. And like so, you know, like they went go into the Savage Lands. It's like what the fuck is this? The Savage Lands. Yeah. Oh, it's where you know savage things happen. And then <laughs> they go to an alternate universe where they meet the Defenders, where mm-hmm. Tony Stark's a cyborg. It's like, what is this fuckery? So. That's what I think we need to do from now on because after Infinity War, we need to watch these movies and then, you know like how in the in the old comic books, there'll be like editor's note, see this issue of this comic book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're watching a movie and then like this little caption pops up, oh, please see Black Panther, especially scene number one at this timestamp. If comics do so this. So you understand what yeah. they're talking about right now. Yeah. It's like, 
Oh, that's useful. Yeah. If comics do this, every other Blu-ray or uh, stream version of you any know what? movie yeah, does that this. That would be amazing technology where you're watching like like Avengers Part 2 and like, okay, I'm a 10-year-old boy. I did not survive 10 years ago. I was not alive. I have no idea what's going on with all these other characters. And he's <laughs> watching this on streaming and then like a tab pops up. Oh, watch this other movie. Oh, pause. I'll watch this movie now. Oh, thank you. I'm caught but up. <laughs> it's, uh, that's what I do on Amazon Prime. They have an overlay where if you're watching a scene, yes, then they, they have yeah, on the yeah, left-hand yeah, side do. all the actors. On the right side, they do like little trivia parts. Like, you know, if there's references or like... I mean, that used to be very distracting on DVD extras. Yeah. Like nowadays, it's like, yeah. But on streaming, it actually makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, supposed to get rid of it. Mm. Because then like, oh, you can watch this other movie too. Or, you know what? Do the multiple monitor thing. Just watch one movie here, another movie here, and just go back and forth. And then throw up because you just can't take that much st- stimulation. Because at once. I have all this lore and legacy <laughs> yeah. to have to swallow before I even enjoy a comic book movie as a child nowadays. Yeah. So anyway, that uh, concludes our discussion <laughs> of um, Thor movies and Thor that. movies and everything else. Apparently, so here's the that thing. just went all over the place, but that's us. So, so we're gonna do one final Road to Infinity. Yes, one we'll, last one. We're gonna be talking about the last the previous two Avengers movies we're gonna have to talk about Age of Ultron and Avengers itself yeah and also maybe just wrap up a few things and then maybe you can talk about we didn't talk about did we talk about oh yeah we did talk about Doctor Strange that's the running joke of my name sir. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we need to talk about Ant-Man Spider-Man Doctor Strange because honestly you know they're all done and done I will say this right on our final leg of the Road to Infinity War uh, episode 4 we're going to talk about definitely the Avengers movies uh, Age of Ultron and the first Avengers Assemble and we mm-hmm. can talk about because of course they're going to make more movies after this which other heroes do we so want to yes, see so yes there's going to be a lot of speculation there's also going to be a lot of us you know throwing our predictions and uh, casting out our thoughts on probably one of the like think about it man I mean even as a comic book fan and as, as burnt out as I am yep I live in an age where, oh my god, there are Avengers movies. Yeah, yeah that, that I'm still actually blows happy. my yeah, mind. Yeah. No, 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 there have been Avengers movies for 10 years that have been breaking box office records yes. and, and have changed the face of the industry. I live in an age and where... And keeping the continuity and everything, you know? Yeah, you know, like they, they're staying true to the, to the comic art form. And there is a shared universe which that works. works. Yeah. Just one. So far, <laughs> the rest kind well, of We don't know about the M Night Shyamalan like unbreakable oh, shape. Piss yeah, off with yeah. that one. That, that, I think that movie's coming out next year, right? Or yeah, the following year. You'd be surprised because it's like is Samuel L. Jackson coming back to do that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Because he's not on the poster for Infinity War. He retired. No, he, he's uh, he's uh, listed in. He's uh, in hiding. Uh, he's in <laughs> the credits. You know why? He's gonna pop up for a half for a hot minute and get killed <laughs> properly. So are they gonna dig up his uh, fake? Um, I'm sick of all these motherfucking titans on my motherfucking planet Earth. <laughs> he gets smashed. Actually, yeah, if they do kill him off, I hope he gets to say "motherfucker" and it's full. I guess uh. so. You know what? I would like him to like finally take out the eye patch and he shoots that laser beam. <laughs> that would be cool. But was that actually yeah. a thing in the comics? No, he I... was a white guy in the comics. <laughs> but that would he be became cool. black in the later comics, surely. Yeah, because uh, movie. ultimate. Yeah, <laughs> the ultimate Avengers actually introduced and, a black Nick Fury. Surely, no, two thousand ish plus. Like yeah. as the movie movies happened they switched him because they realized oh Sam Jackson is far more charismatic than uh, David Hasselhoff and people like that version of Nick Fury hence the Marvel Cinematic Nick Fury because I I wouldn't even say they like that version of Nick Fury I would say like yeah that's that's the version that people are buying because all this attention because all of a sudden entire movie going going audiences were thinking oh we need to be aware of all this now so that when we start our YouTube channels and our podcasts like we seem knowledgeable <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the sad truth <laughs> it's like and then you talk to guys like us you're like 
Y- yeah, we know this. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody likes us. We have a lot of alone time. <laughs> yeah, we spend a lot, a lot of time. A lot of free time. A lot of free time reading comics and playing video games. Yep. Eventually, just to tell you all, like, yep, we and, still do that. But hey, it paid off because in the long run, we get to do this in our free time. Yay! Yeah. And not get paid for it anyway. Oh. But we're still <laughs> proud of it regardless, right, guys? I guess so. Sure. I mean, I can't wait until the final leg of the Road Infinity War where I get to shit on all the Marvel movies again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do enjoy them, but also to a point, it's like, I mean, like, my closing statement is basically, I'm glad I live in an age where I'm sick of superhero <laughs> movies. <laughs> hey, it's it's an, it's kind of like how we're kind of tired of so many Star Wars movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, happy for it, but at the same time, please cut it down. Because like in, in in my head is like I know exactly how my dad feels probably about World War 2 movies or westerns. It's like Oh god, another fucking World War Two movie or another Western and then it's like <laughs> finally we can watch something else. Or finally a different take on like Like the faces change but it still stays the same. Yeah, because I think like the superhero movie is the war- the modern World War Two or Western where oh, absolutely. it's yeah. gonna phase up. There's gonna be a new generation of fans or non fans who'll be like basically I'm not gonna pay money to watch a movie that has like uh, told the story since 2008, where I wasn't even alive yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. who the fuck is also, Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> that's gonna be worse. We're gonna have the movie gatekeepers, not just the comic gatekeepers. Those guys are already annoying. Like, because so we're gonna have the gatekeepers attacking other gatekeepers. No, these fucking movie gatekeepers are the ones doing all the shouting at Comic Con. Get the fuck off that stage, please. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this is Comic Con. Okay, you do not rule the stage. I'm sorry, but you know what? It's going to be a strange uh, transition in power because once we finally lose Robert Downey Jr., which I'm predicting... It's going to happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. And yeah. then it's like, you know, the charismatic heart of the entire Marvel Universe is like, all right. Who else? Is he going to take the audience with him? That's I don't what, think th- so. You don't think so? I don't think so. I They've think built enough of a fan base? Yeah, yeah, yeah they have. They have. Because, yes, yeah, Story Danny Jr. is great and fun, but at the same time, there are a lot of people who love Hemsworth. People, like, now we have women on board because we have all of these interesting women uh, playing superheroes. You know I always wanted to do? Yeah. I always yeah. wanted to do the fake geek girl episode <laughs> and, like, that, that, that plague of, like, hey, I really love comics. Sure. Well, I mean, you know... I like comics too. I don't have a YouTube channel to tell people about it though. Well, hey, you know... And fake geek guys too, I guess. No, they're they're actually even worse because Mm -hmm. people just assume that they know. Whereas in fact, they only just scrape like just the... Yeah, when there are plenty of women who just happen to be attractive who also have spent their time reading comics because maybe they were just like the awkward girl in school who suddenly became fucking hot, hot yeah. after hormones kicked in unfortunately for men though <laughs> yeah <laughs> we still stay overweight and bearded <laughs> oh, no we no we start we start off good looking and then slowly become worse yeah like weary eyes waken oh, there's another yeah. benjamin button reference right yeah we just get uglier <laughs> yeah you know unlike like unlike movie stars like like richard Gere or brad pitt nope <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's See, frozen in time. Male pattern baldness, like you know, loose jowls. Yep, that's all happening. Hair yeah. in our ears. Get used to it, ladies. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm gonna keep my hair until I'm at least seventy-five. Yes, but will the hair keep you, sir? <laughs> it doesn't. It, it's not living by your rules. <laughs> it might just leave. Well, hey, I can't wait until I hit my mid-thirties when I'm really hairy because I can have an amazing beard. <laughs> Trust me, as a man in his mid-thirties, yeah. Extra hair is actually quite annoying. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Why are we talking about extra hair? So on that note, because we never know how to end a podcast, we always have to like tangent off into like weird bullshit. Plus, Thor has a beard. 
Is that even a <laughs> yes, tangent? Yes, there we go. That, that's, that's I'm just trying to connect the dots together. Thor has a beard. Thank you so much, Mr. Toffee, for <laughs> trying your very damn best to keep us on track. Uh, so, okay, you know what? Let's wrap it up. But we got to end this, though. So, yeah. uh, feeling Thor all over. So, uh, <laughs> this has been the eye of Dr. Shuffling. <laughs> this has been uh, Eccentric Tomnia. And this has been Mr. Toffee. The trickster. I'm not even a trickster. Oh my god, I can't even figure out what that was saying, man. <laughs> <laughs>